You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported, Community Radio for South Central Indiana. Good afternoon. Reporting for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones. And I'm Brandon Blewett. This is the WFHB Local News for Monday, September 11th, 2023. In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin provides a report on a new gateway monument at Miller's Showers Park. This comes from the B-Square Bulletin's Morning Bulletin. More in the bottom half of our program. Actually, over three and a half million dollars has been raised to support cancer patients here in Bloomington. And it takes over 400 volunteers to help pull off an event of that size on a, on a Saturday morning. That was Sean Williams from Hoosiers Outrun Cancer. Bloomington's annual fundraiser for the local cancer support community is happening this Saturday. Find out how you can help later in the show on a new episode of Activate. But first, your local headlines. At the Ellettsville Plan Commission meeting on September 9th, the commission heard two requests. Planning Director Denise Line introduced the first item, a preliminary plat or subdivision approval for 45 single-family lots in Prominence Fields, located at North Loudon Road and West Upland Drive. Line said that staff recommends its conditional approval. The applicant is requesting approval for a total of 45 lots with 44 single-family buildable lots and one non-buildable lot totaling 29.24 acres. The lots are zoned R1 single-family residential and will be built with single-family homes. Subdivision will be accessed from West Upland Drive. The Tech Review Committee met on August 15th at Town Hall. Comments received are in your packet, and all items have been addressed. The plan commission action on a preliminary plaque can be in the form of approval, approval with conditions, denial, or to continue the hearing. You have the final say in these matters. All legal notices have been published and mailed. The plan commission, if you'll recall at your July 6th meeting, approved a preliminary plat for five lots. Lot 77 of that plat has now become prominence fields. Um, Final plat has been signed for the approval July 6th, but not yet recorded. After the tech review and prior to preparing the plan commission's packet, the engineer took an additional survey and an updated Um, Topo, they discovered a closed contour in a depressed area, which is indicative of a sinkhole. Due to this finding, the engineer provided an updated site plan, which reduced it to the 45 lots um, for the plan commission. The utilities and stormwater plans need amended, but there was not sufficient time to get the engineering completed before the plan commission meeting. I suggested we move forward with the preliminary plat petition and would request a conditional approval to allow time for engineering to be completed and then reviewed by utilities and a town engineer. And staff recommends a conditional approval. Commissioner Sandra Hash asked where the sinkhole had been found. 
The petitioners, engineer from Bynum, Fanyo and Associates, A.J. Willis, spoke on behalf of the petitioner. Uh, the sinkhole that we found is located on lot 37. Uh, it's just west of the furthest north cul-de-sac. Hash followed up, asking if the Department of Natural Resources would look at the sinkhole. Willis responded. I just had a sinkhole question. Mm-hmm. Does DNR come out and when you find a sinkhole like that, do they come out and map it or look at it at all? No. Uh, you can choose to do a car study for the site. Uh, that's if, one, there's a lot of karst features on the site and you're trying to avoid them or if you're concerned that something is or isn't. Uh, typically, the conservative approach is anytime there's a closed contour, you just treat it as a sinkhole. Next, the petitioner, value-built construction co-owner Ernest G, explained their plans for the Platts. Hi, I'm Ernest. Um, I co-own Valuable Construction. Um, we developed from its place phases one through three. Um, we're intending to do essentially the same thing that we did in Common's Place, uh, just build uh, hopefully affordable single-family homes. Commission President Dave Drake spoke in favor of the request. Okay, seeing none, that's pretty easy. Uh, I, I mean, I think personally, this is a pretty much a no a no brainer. I mean, we're just continuing this same development. He's got a really good plan with plenty of exits, um, and the development they've done previously uh, and that's still undergoing construction construction has worked out just fine. So the commission unanimously voted to approve the plat request. Next, the commission heard a request for a zoning map amendment. The petitioner, Chris Smith, asked the commission to change 115 acres located at 7633 West State Road 46 from Agricultural 2, Suburban Agricultural, to Commercial 3, General Business. Line outlined the request. The petitioner, Chris Smith, is requesting to rezone 115 acres located at 7633 West State Road 46 from Agricultural 2, Suburban Agricultural to C3, General Commercial. Indiana Code requires that the plan commission and legislative body shall pay reasonable regard to the comprehensive plan, current conditions and character of the current structures and uses in each district, the most desirable use for which the land in each district is adapted, the conservation of property values throughout the jurisdiction, and responsible development and growth. The property is currently used for agricultural purposes. The property is bordered by Commercial 3 and Industrial 1 to the north, Agricultural 2 to the south, Agricultural slash Rural Reserve, Monroe County jurisdiction to the west, and a planned unit development in Residential 1 to the east. The Ellettsville Comprehensive Plan, adopted on July 24, 2023, designates the land between the plan unit development and residential one zoning and the Monroe County Agricultural Rural Reserve to be a mixed-use village center. The primary use of a mixed-use village center is a horizontal or vertical mix of uses, ranging from residential, small-scale commercial, and institutional uses such as parks, schools, religious facilities. There's analysis of required findings. Number one is the comprehensive plan. Staff finds the land use, oh, sorry. (laughs) 
always forget I can't do this and talk. So staff requires, staff finds the land use map in the Ellsville Comprehensive Plan designates the area of the subject parcel along the State Road 46 corridor west of Lytton State Subdivision has a mixed use village center. The rezoning will bring this property into agreement with the Ellsville Comprehensive Plan. Line shared the staff's recommendation on the rezone request. Staff finds as stated in the Ellsville Comprehensive Plan, this section of Ellsville is best suited for a mixed-use village center. At this time, the Commercial 3 Zoning District in the current Ellsville Town Code is the best zoning to accommodate a mixed-use village center as outlined in the Comprehensive Plan. A mixed-use village center brings a conscientious and intentional design process that will cultivate responsible development and growth of the property. The plan commission action shall be in the form of a favorable, unfavorable, or no recommendation to town council, which takes the final action on the zoning map amendment petition. Then ch the change in zoning of this parcel from agricultural two to commercial three is already well covered in the Ellettsville comprehensive plan as this area Ellettsville is designated to accommodate a mixed-use village center. The zoning to Commercial 3 is the best avenue for development of a mixed-use village center under our current town code. Therefore, staff recommends a favorable, favorable recommend, recommendation be forwarded to the town council to amend the zoning for parcel 53009196700.0001 dash 013 from A2 Suburban Agricultural to C3 General Commercial. The petitioner, Chris Smith, spoke to the commission. First of all, thanks for letting me be here today. I want to thank Denise and Mike for all the guidance to bring us here today. I understand the Division Ellsville and the Comprehensive Plan. I want to thank um, Julie Miller and Nick Harmon for entrusting their family farm to me. Um, I'm not really doing this alone, even though that's my name's on the top of it. I'm Jeff Fanny and AJ Willis of Bind Fanny. I'll be the engineer of record on the job, make sure it's done correctly. Um, Dave Hartstead's here, helping with the commercial portion of this as a commercial broker with Colliers. Um, and Josh Anderson, Anderson Bullen, who's not here today, is our land planner, helping us with the layouts and the concepts and interpreting the comprehensive plan, bringing the traditional labor design kind of to reality here. Um, I went to Edgewood, I grew up in Ellisville. I started doing subdivision development out here on the Robinson property on the backside of Greenbrier Meadows about five, six years ago. Harmon Farm came my way, um, and I assumed I was going to have to do a traditional, conventional subdivision there. I met with Denise immediately and was given a Vision Ellisville plan. Uh, the comprehensive plan wasn't codified yet, so I started reading that, got excited. Comprehensive plan gets approved and I got really excited. This, this is an amazing opportunity. I'm just ecstatic that Ellisville and the citizens of Ellisville are doing this or taking this approach to a much better way to develop land than a conventional neighborhood. Um, so I'm really excited about that. This plan evolved out of the comprehensive plan. We're here asking for C. We're here asking for C3 zones is the best way to marry the two. You guys are going through a new UDO process. That might come out before or after we start. It might impact this in some way, hopefully in a better way, to make it even a better project. But that's yet to be seen. So right now our goal is to marry the UDO and the, and the comprehensive plan and to come up with a great village center and residential area to really, really help out the region. 
During public comment on the proposal, Envision Ellettsville project manager Kyle Hannon spoke in support of the zoning amendment. When you, when you get into a visiting process, you get involved in folks like you, leaders, public, you, you start collecting all the data, you put together a vision plan. And it's a good vision plan. You're confident that this is a vision plan that had a lot of input from a lot of really good people. We're confident this is a great vision plan. It even won an award, which makes it even better. And then you hope. You hope that some developers notice it and are inspired by it to do what's in the vision plan. So it's very gratifying to hear Mr. Smith say that he was thinking about it a lot, but then he saw the vision of the plan and talked to, to folks around here about it, and then was inspired to make it something that kind of falls along with, what, with what's in the vision of the plan. So that's just my comment. It's just really gratifying to see all the work that went into that plan start to actually influence the kind of development that we take taking part in also. Next, Ellettsville resident Daniel Hardeny voiced his concern about increasing development and not having the capacity to handle the influx of more residents. My biggest concern is we're wanting to add 240, 250 homes, whatever it was. Um, that's going to bring in a lot of kids. And our schools are already tapped out. They've expanded twice. What are we going to do with all these kids? Um, the other thing is our youth league around here is very short in space. And maybe that's something this, if this all keeps going, they can consider um, uh, like a youth sports complex. I think that would be amazing for this area if that's something we're going to do. Because my son, I have him over here, he's with Monroe County Youth Football League, but there's no space for us anywhere. We can't <laughs> use the schools because the schools are being used for other things. The baseball program that we're trying to create a feeder program to, we don't have space for that. The fields were outgrowing all of our spaces. The basketball program, we use the schools. They don't. They also have activities they have to do. Now we're going to com compound the issue of an already cramped school, adding more homes to it, more children. Let's say 100 of these homes have an average of two kids, 200 more kids riding to the district. We're already short on bus drivers. It's a big issue. Um, something else, uh, we're going to lose about 40 acres of trees. That's going to cause a big watershed issue or water drainage issue. Um, that's something that we need to take into account. Lindley over here is going to get flooded because the water needs somewhere to go. Trees help absorb water, help slow water down, things like that. Um, and then as far as affordable homes, $200,000 homes, uh, at a current mortgage rate of 808% 8 is a $1,500 home. If a townhome, more likely you have an HOA, you're looking at $200 a month probably. Your insurance $100 a month. Uh, median income in Monroe County is $52,000. That leaves you less than $1,000 a month to raise a child on and feed your family. So I don't know about affordable homes, but that's just my few cents. So. The commission voted unanimously to pass on a positive recommendation to the town council for the zoning amendment, with the condition that the petitioner agree to landscape buffers. The next Ellettsville Plan Commission meeting will be held on October 5th.
In today's feature report, local journalist Dave Askins of the B-Square Bulletin provides a report on a new gateway monument at Miller's Showers Park. This comes from the B-Square Bulletin's Morning Bulletin. Dave Askins has more. The B-Square Bulletin sends out an emailed morning bulletin every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can sign up for the morning bulletin by visiting bsquarebulletin.com and clicking on the tab labeled subscribe. Here's an entry from the most recent edition. The headline to this item is Miller Shower's Gateway Obelisk. I've seen a fair amount of outrage on social media channels reacting to the city of Bloomington's news release about the pending start of construction of a gateway monument at the northern end of Miller Shower's Park. The gateway is about 40 feet tall and features the word Bloomington in all caps inscribed vertically from top to bottom. If you ask ChatGPT, an AI robot, to make it sound prettier, here's what you get. Quote, this towering obelisk reaching a height of 40 feet elegantly presents the word Bloomington in a vertical cascade with each letter gracefully flowing from the pinnacle to the base, making it both a monumental landmark and a captivating work of art. Blech. The outrage I have seen has been directed mostly at Bloomington Mayor John Hamilton over the cost, which comes to around $1.1 million after everything is added in. There are surely better uses of public money, critics have said, and they are right, of course. But let's consider who else might deserve rebuke. When was the funding decision made? It was at a meeting on October 31st, 2018, when $10 million worth of so-called bicentennial bonds were approved by the Bloomington City Council. The total amount was split up into three separate bond series, to avoid going over $5 million for any one series. Exceeding $5 million would have made the bond issuance subject to a remonstrance process. Some gateway projects, of which the Miller Showers project is one, were funded in the third series, Series C. The dollar amount of the bonds in that series was $2,965,000. It included the following three elements. One, entryway beautification, tree planting, landscaping, and related improvements at the entryways to the city for $1.5 million. Two, the replacement of trees along city roadways for $800,000. And three, alley enhancements and rebuilding for $450,000. All three series received at least one dissenting vote from a city council member. Councilmember Steve Volan cast the sole vote of dissent against Series C, but it passed along with the other two bond series. So some of the outrage that residents feel now should be directed at the city council of that year. But according to the meeting minutes for that night, not one person offered public comment on Series C of the bond issuance. So some of our collective outrage can be directed towards our own selves, even if it's now also totally fair to direct some ire towards elected officials. The next chance we might have to speak up about a giant amount of public spending is between now and September 27th, when the final city budget will be put forward by the mayor. 
There's around $20 million in additional spending that Hamilton announced on the first night of last week's departmental budget hearings. For the administration's basic idea on how to spend that money, there's some background in a B-Square article with the headline, Bloomington Mayor Unveils $20 Million More in One-Time Spending on First Night of Budget Hearings. I'm not sure if the City Council is planning to systematically solicit input from the public on how to spend the $20 million, but regular council meetings are set for September 13th and September 20th. There's always comment time available at the start and the end of meetings, even for items that are not on the agenda. Do your thing. All right, until next week, this has been Dave Askins with the B-Square Bulletin for WFHB. John Williams is the volunteer race chair for the Hoosiers Outrun Cancer, Bloomington's annual fundraiser for the local cancer support community. He needs hundreds of volunteers to make this event a success. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org or by emailing getconnected at bloomington.in.gov. Welcome to Activate, featuring real people working for positive change in our community, encouraging you to get involved, live your passion, and make a difference. Hi, I'm Sean Williams from Hoosiers Outrun Cancer. Yeah, so Hoosiers Outrun Cancer is a community event. This year, it's on Saturday, September 16th. It's our 24th year for having this, and so it is a 5K run and walk, and so it is a fundraiser. Actually, over $3.5 million has been raised to support cancer patients here in Bloomington. Cancer Support Community is over on West 3rd Street in the Landmark Complex. Who's That Run Cancer actually put that on the map. That facility would not exist uh, in Bloomington if it weren't for Who's That Run Cancer. And now, you know, the funds go towards now that we have it up and running towards, you know, the facility cost of having things like uh, Reiki therapy or art therapy, wigs for folks that are, you know, losing their hair from chemo or whatever. So it's for the operation of cancer support community here in Bloomington. For the volunteers that sign up to help us, we start bright and early at 6 a.m. and set up the event. The start finish line is right outside of Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So it runs right on the IU campus. So uh, about 10 o'clock, we gear up to start the 5K run and walk. And so ahead of that, there's a, a one mile kind of a family slash kids walk and a one mile kids run. Teams come out ahead of time to tailgate and have donuts and coffee and be festive. And then we have food trucks available. So it's kind of a whole kind of a, a mini festival surrounding the 5K run walk. Yeah, so there, there are a ton of ways to support Hoosiers Outrun Cancer this year. 
Obviously, you can register and participate in the, the run or, or the walk as a runner walker. If you're not going to be in, you know, it's a busy time of year, so if you're not going to be in town the day of, you can register as a spirit runner and you'll still get a, a t-shirt sent to you. Um, but one of the most important roles is volunteers. So to volunteer, you can go to HoosiersOutRunCancer.org and you can sign up. You can either say I'm available anywhere or you can sign up for specific help like going out on the course and handing out waters or helping with registrations or what have you. So about 4,000 plus attendees will attend the event and it takes over 400 volunteers to help pull off an event of that size on a, on a Saturday morning. Yeah, so Hoosiers That Run Cancer is very dear to me. I started as a volunteer with the Bloomington Health Foundation. They're the original founders of, of Hoosiers That Run Cancer. The health of our community is incredibly important to me. I worked for 26 years at a medical device company, and uh, you know I saw firsthand the outcomes of you know negative health circumstances. So, what better way to give back to make sure that we ensure the health of those in Bloomington? And so, then I started kind of just as a, a volunteer, like I'll help out with race day, and then fast forward if if you if you lean in hard enough, then they'll put you in charge. So now I'm heading up the Who's Not Run Cancer Race Committee with a team of my wife and a team of uh, volunteers that um, put this event on every year. And so it takes, like I said, it takes 400 volunteers and it takes a lot to pull off a 5K on the streets of Bloomington and the IU campus. Yeah, we'd love you to be part of Who's Not Run Cancer this year, either as a volunteer or as a race or walk participant. You can sign up very easily at HoosiersOutRunCancer.org. That includes, you know, the cost of the event as well as getting a nice uh, short sleeve tech fabric t-shirt. So we'd, we'd love to have you. We're going to be out there on a beautiful Saturday morning. 4,000 folks out at Simon Scott Assembly Hall. So come and join us. If you can't join us, join us in spirit. You can still register. Once again, it's at HoosiersOutRunCancer.org. And uh, we'd love to see you there. Again, I'm Sean Williams with Hoosiers Outrun Cancer so that no one has to face cancer alone. You've been listening to Activate, true stories from friends and neighbors who stand up for what they believe in. Activate is a partnership between WFHB and the City of Bloomington Volunteer Network, working together to build a strong, healthy, and engaged community with production support from students in the media school at Indiana University. You can learn more about volunteer opportunities in the WFHB listening area online at bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. That's bloomingtonvolunteernetwork.org. Support for WFHB Local News is brought to you by MPI Solar, a Bloomington business specializing in solar hot water, solar electricity, and solar hot air systems. MPI Solar designs and installs solar power generation systems that encourage independence and individual responsibility. More information online at mpisolarenergy.com. You've been listening to the WFHB Local News. 
Today's headlines were written by Noel Herhusky Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Dave Askins. Activate is produced by Chad Carruthers and Michelle Moss. Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and the Social Climbers. Engineer and executive producer is Cade Young. For WFHB, I'm Brandon Blewett. And I'm Benedict Jones. Thanks for supporting Indiana's only volunteer-powered, listener-supported, independent daily news program. You can hear tonight's full broadcast online at WFHB.org. The WFHB Local News is also available as a podcast. Just search our call letters, WFHB, wherever you listen to your podcast. Subscribe to never miss another local news program. Stay tuned for Big Talk, a one-on-one conversation with some of Bloomington's most fascinating people. Coming up next on WFHB. been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio. Our news is written and reported by volunteers working to provide local news, cover local issues, and strengthen our local community. We invite you to participate. You may submit questions, comments, and story ideas to news at WFHB.org. You can become a WFHB Local News Volunteer by attending new volunteer orientation. Feel free to check out the WFHB Local News Archive at WFHB.org to find newscasts, individual stories, and catch a live feed of the WFHB Local News. We are local, longer, 